0: Did you know that there are over 65 million Gen Xers, yet so few financial advisors focus on Gen X? Why? It's because you aren't rich. Yet. Welcome to the Gen X Money Advisor with Michael Labus, certified financial planner, certified college funding specialist, and founder of Gen X Wealth Partners. This podcast focuses on the specific needs of Gen Xers by a Gen Xer. Get ready to explore topics that will help you get your retirement on track, maximize your dollar towards your child's education, and successfully manage aging parents. We will even sprinkle in a little health and wellness, travel and leisure, and time and stress management. Come and experience the expertise of Michael and his special guests who focus on enhancing the quality of your life today and in the future. Now, on to the show.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Gen X Money Advisor. I'm your host, Michael Labus, and I am very excited to have on our show today, Tim Rogers, the president and owner of Rogers Driving School here in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Welcome to the show, Tim.
2: Thank you. It's uh, great to be here. I'm
1: excited for our chat today because it's going to give me an opportunity to uh, reminisce on my own experience, and that is one of the driving education experience, and learning how to drive. And I can only imagine what parents uh, are going through uh, with teaching their kids how to drive. I can imagine it can be stressful, and also it can be rewarding. But my goal here today is to give our listeners some insight as to the overall experience and how you can make it the best that it can be. And so, Tim, first question I have is uh, what are the biggest struggles for parents when their kids are learning to drive?
2: I would say one of the, the major problems with a parent teaching a child is fear of not being in control. Uh, when you're in that car, as opposed to being the driver, you're now passenger uh, and your child who has limited experience actually driving is in control of the vehicle. So when things do happen out there on the, on the road, when, Things can be challenging when someone cuts a, your car off. A lot of times all you can do as the passenger parent slash parent is uh, scream sometimes. And that's one of the issues that goes into um, children having fear of learning to drive, especially when their parents are teaching them. I know when I go around to schools or in our classrooms when we um, are teaching driver's ed, I'll always ask the uh Students who do have a learner's permit at that time have your parents yelled at you yet, and without uh, you know, just about ninety-five to one hundred percent will be raising their their hands.
1: I'll tell you, Tim, I I have an issue of wanting to be in control of things myself. I can only imagine sitting there, seeing your child making a mistake, and and trying to be that good parent and not panic or freak out. That that has to be challenging. It has to be difficult to hold back i think how do you uh not do that
2: well one of the things is start slowly i always tell people start in a parking lot before you actually go out there on the road make sure your child knows the basics of control of the vehicle how to put the car in reverse how to um, make sure uh, they go from the gas pedal to the brake pedal how to turn appropriately and that way you're, you're doing an isolated situation where you don't have the traffic. I always tell people it's easy to drive a car once you have those rudimentary things basically down pat. The problem of driving then is interacting with all the other vehicles out there on the road. Uh, it would be simple if you're the only car ever driving out there on the road, but that's not really feasible. Uh, you're interacting with people. Sometimes they're doing aggressive driving t- techniques and you your goal is to try to get where you're going from point A to point B safely.
1: So, one thing that, that I recognize when I drive, and, I, and I, this is a funny topic because nobody really thinks, okay, maybe some people, but most people think that they're, they're good drivers, right? Yeah. Uh, no one's a bad driver. Uh, but I always tell myself that half the drivers on the road are below average and half are above average. And I think a lot of drivers have bad habits, right? Yeah, uh, That they've just kind of grown into over the years of driving. So could you, as a parent, perhaps be teaching your kids bad habits?
2: Absolutely. And uh, when we get children coming through our school, sometimes we have to break them of the bad habits that they pick up from their parents, not even when they're learning to drive, but just being a passenger watching their parents driving. Once again, a survey I would do in our class is how many times have you seen your parent do this or do that? Things that are dangerous out there on the road or participate in distracted driving. Uh, and once again, close to 100% will be raising their hands. Uh, so yes, I, I've seen that. Uh, just on, a, on a, a testing basis, one of the components of the Pennsylvania driving exam is parallel parking, being able to parallel park. And that's the number one thing when parents call in. Uh, they say, hey, hey, I've been parallel parked since I learned to drive. So that's one of the things you will need to teach my child. So that's uh, one of the things that we do have to teach because that's a component of the Pennsylvania driving examination.
1: Yeah, it's something that you don't do too often unless you are in the city. Uh, yes. Personally, I, I, I grew up in the suburbs. I went to school in the city. So parallel parking was something that I guess, fortunately, I had to learn. And when parked, it wasn't a big issue. But a lot of my friends who grew up in the suburbs, they never had a parallel parking. It was a big issue for them. And I, I laughed at them. Now, this is a long time ago, but I, I still laugh at them because it says they still can't parallel park. <laughs> <laughs> now, they always ask me, oh, hey, there's a spot, Mike. Do you think you can get in there? I'm like, yeah, I got that. But if they were driving, uh, we'd be still looking for a spot. But that's a big part of it is eliminating the, the bad habits, I think. One of my biggest pet peeves on the road is when people mm-hmm. cease to use their blinkers, their uh, turn signals. It's a lost art using the turn signal. I sometimes feel like I have to anticipate people turning. Right. (laughs) So now there's a lot of challenges for parents, but what about the kids? What, what are their biggest challenges when they start to learn how to drive?
2: A couple of things, uh, distraction, try and eliminate distractions when they're learning to drive. Um, that's one of the reasons why here in Pennsylvania, when the uh, child does pass their driving test and they're under the age of 18, they get what's called a junior license And one of the prohibitions on the junior license is they can only have one person below the age of 18 not related to them uh, in the car when they're driving on their own for the first six months because of distractions of having other teens in the car. So that's one of the issues with any type of uh, learning to drive and also the fear. I think there's a lot of anxiety with uh, teens about learning to drive, especially as they get ready to take the driving test. When a student may be doing very well as far as uh, learning to drive, but when they come to actually take the actual test and testing anxiety takes over and they can do uh, parallel parking a hundred times perfectly when they take the test, that's when they mess up. And parents sometimes forget about that. They forget about testing anxiety. And uh, it's a stressful thing to be taking a driving test and especially stressful when your parent is there and uh they're expecting you to pass so i want to talk about all
1: that um on a singular basis so technology Uh, i know that cars today are way advanced and you know i've got bluetooth in my car so when somebody calls me i'm not you know picking up my phone i can take a call and you know focus on the road still but what are there are there any things that Kids and parents can do to reduce distractions and uh, technology or using technology, perhaps?
2: Yes. Um, obviously, texting and driving uh, is an issue. There are apps that parents can download that will uh, forbid uh, students from texting or um, even answering the phone while the car is in motion. Uh, so there are some technology that they out there to try to limit distractions. But distractions are all around us. Even a GPS, which is one of the great inventions, I think, of all time, is distraction when you're driving, when you're trying to listen to the uh, voice telling you which way to turn and you're looking at the map, even if it's part of the uh, car itself. Uh, so even good technology can sometimes be distractions. Uh, but definitely, I would say the biggest distraction right now is technology with cell phones. Uh, when I was a 16-year-old, we didn't have that, that uh uh, distraction we had other distractions you know friends in the car you know eating while you're driving listening to the radio there were other distractions at that time but definitely technology with cell phones is the biggest distraction nowadays and uh seasoned drivers and especially for young drivers
1: yeah it's amazing i i just see people driving down the road and they're always on their phones and, and i just want to honk my horn and do something to get them off it I, I, I say this w- with all sincerity, I'd rather have someone have a couple drinks and drive rather than texting and driving, because at least you're focused on the road. It's scary out there. You can almost anticipate accidents happening and you can see it. And so I think that's just not with kids. That's just with everybody. It's technology. Everybody's so connected to their device. Do you have any examples of these apps that you can download?
2: I don't uh, have the names, but I know that that they do exist, and that's something that people can Google and find out. And I think it's a, a great thing for uh, trying to prevent distractions when you're learning to drive, because driving is really a participatory process. You actually have to be thinking out there when you're driving can't be daydreaming. A lot of people do, but you actually have to be participating in what's going on. You have to be getting the big picture as to what's happening around your car and keep your eyes moving, seeing who's behind you, seeing who's beside you, Uh, anticipating, like you were saying, sometimes I'll see people, cars kind of weaving on the road and you get close to them and you see, yep, they're on the phone or they're texting. Once again, we think our brains can multitask. But they really, the human brain is not designed to do that proficiently. And it can be a dangerous situation when you're trying to do that in a activity such as driving where accidents do happen and people do get injured. And unfortunately, some people do um, get killed in uh, accidents.
1: Well, my goal here uh, today was to help reduce the stress for the parents and the kids uh, there's we have enough stress in our lives, and this is a, can be a stressful experience. So my question to you is, are there ways that we can reduce the stress, take take some of that off of the our out of the equation uh, to make the experience better, Kind of like the do's and don'ts of uh, driver's ed, per se?
2: Well, uh, like I said, uh, starting very slowly, but also being a driving school, I think we serve a very important purpose, uh, bringing professional teachers, teaching our our students, the the proper techniques to be out there on the road. And one of the great things about that is also the students have a better understanding of what they need to know out there on the road. And also there isn't that social interaction with the parent at that time. Uh, They're working with a professional. So sometimes there's less of the um, uh, issues that you can have being a, a child and being a parent Uh, when you're doing something such as learning to drive. So there's a a little bit more of a respect level when you have a professional teacher teaching you to do something. And that definitely helps parents. I know parents who send their kids through our school and any reputable driving school, uh, they notice a big difference. It's a lot less stress on the parent when they're trying to teach their child. Obviously, the parent has a, a role in the process. They're going to be driving with their child the most. But I've had parents say, you know, after a lesson or a few lessons, they notice the difference in their child. It's a lot less stressful for them. And it's a lot less stressful for the child, because now they have some basic techniques uh, that they can apply when they're actually driving with their parents.
1: I think that's a very valid point. I know when I was growing up, uh, sometimes you just don't want to take your parents' advice on anything. It could be the best advice ever, but you're defiant you want to do your own thing you know best right and uh that could definitely throw the whole uh experience a curveball and working with a professional uh as a parent i could see how that could definitely reduce some of the stress and getting that professional help doesn't that also help for the preparation for the exam and the test knowing proper technique
2: oh absolutely uh, your driver ed teacher is an expert on the driving test. I know we here at Rogers Driving School, we're actually licensed by the Pennsylvania Department of Transportation as a third party test provider. So we actually administer the test to our students or anyone who comes to our school. Uh, so most of our instructors are also licensed driving examiners. Uh, But even when we take them to local DMV, we know what is going to be expected of them when they take the test. We know the routes that the DMV examiner would be taking. So it definitely helps with the student and takes some of the pressure off of them because they're prepared. Like anything else, you go into something and you're not prepared for it. It's going to be a stressful situation when you go into something and you know what's going to be expected of you. When you know what the process is, when you know that you're going to be doing parallel parking, and you have to know your knowledge of controls, you're better prepared and the stress level lessens. But it's a funny thing that you mentioned about the uh, the parents, children don't listen. Their parents, I was just watching one of the morning TV shows that uh, they were talking about a study that came out uh, where they found that teens around the age of 13, starting at age 13, it's a... a part of the, the brain neurological process of evolution that they stop listening to their, their parents. That's <laughs> what they were claiming, because at some point when they were young kids, they listened to their parents because it was part of the survival. But at some point the kids are moving on to becoming an adult. So there's apparently a process that uh, some study said that it's almost part of the evolutionary process to stop, stop listening to your parents at some point. <laughs> Funny that uh, they were mentioning
1: that. That's kind of timely, I think, especially for this discussion. But it makes sense. I, I, I see it. I saw it myself. You just think you know better, right? You're invincible. You're 13. You know everything in the world, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, anyways, so outside of the actual process of learning how to drive, aren't there additional benefits with uh, going through a driver's education program? Oh. Uh, some. Like there's financial benefits, there's discounts. Can you talk about that?
2: Absolutely. Uh, Many states are required if you're under the age of 18 to take a driver's ed program. A couple of states, Maryland and Louisiana, even if you're an adult, you're required to take some form of driver's ed before you uh, get your license. Here in Pennsylvania, we have no mandatory driver's ed. We do have a graduate licensing system. But one of the benefits of taking driver's ed is a financial benefit. Uh, When your child actually does get their license, they have to go on your insurance policy. And I always tell parents, your policy premium will not stay the same. It will not go down when you put a uh, teen driver on your policy. It's one of those points of no return sometimes. Your policy premium will jump. Now, there are certain ways to try to lower the premium jump. Uh, most major insurance companies do offer a driver's ed discount if a child takes a, a license, state licensed driver's ed program. And usually you save anywhere from 10 to 20% annually up until the age of 25, I've sometimes even up to the age of 25, depending on the insurance company, because teens, even though the individual team may be a fantastic driver because of their age, they are being penalized. Uh, so the great feature of taking driver's ed is most major companies do offer a driver's ed discount, not all of them, but most major ones. Uh, Some companies also also offer a good student discount. So if your child has a B average, they find a correlation to being responsible with being a good student. And the ultimate degree of being responsible is being able to safely drive a car. That's a good example of responsibility. Uh, And any good insurance agent agent will work with their um, uh, customers to try to mitigate and lessen the severity of the the premium increase when the child goes on the car uh, and there's different ways that agents can do that. But those are some of the good uh, discounts that are on there and that people should really shop around. If they find that once the child goes on the policy, your premium jumps substantially, that may be a time to look and compare other insurance companies and what discounts they offer.
1: That's very good information. I I wouldn't have thought about that. you uh, know as a, as a teenager, you're not, Means maybe you are, but for the most part, you're probably not paying the premium to understand the cost uh, of the uh, luxury of being able to drive a car. So uh, that's very good intel there. So I'd like to take a, a trip down memory lane for a minute here, Tim. Mm-hmm. Whenever I went through the driver's day experience, so we're talking uh, mid to late 90s here, I'm sure it was a lot different than it is today. I remember... The car does this still exist? Uh, the car that has pedals on both sides of it, so that the instructor can stop the car. Does does that still exist? What's changed since since we went through the experience versus what kids are going through today?
2: Yeah, as far as the cars with uh, driving school, they are dual-controlled training cars. So, okay. um, our cars have dual brakes, dual gas pedals, dual mirrors. The only thing that you don't have anymore, like they did many years ago, uh, which we have pictures of some of our really old, older cars, are the dual uh, steering wheel. You can't do that nowadays oh. because of the airbags. Uh, oh, but okay. at that point, you uh, the, the instructor can actually drive the car on the passenger side. Uh, so that was a, a fun feature. But even without the wheel, uh, being a dual control training car um, lessens the the chance of, of uh, a dangerous situation occurring. Uh, and that's one of the great things with um, a driving school is that they are in dual control training cars, whereas when a parent is teaching their child, uh, they're in a car without those dual control. So that's one of the things that causes great stress. As far as learning to drive, as far as um, taking the driving test, um, here in Pennsylvania, uh, we've had different ways of administering the test. Uh, when I was young, when I was 16, a little bit older than you. The Pennsylvania State Police actually administered the test on our artificial testing ground. And that was very stressful because you had the state trooper in their uniform uh, giving you the test. Uh, that's very stressful for most people. I'd be intimidated. Uh, yes. And it was an honor. One nice thing, it was an artificial testing ground. You actually never went out on the road there. You did parallel parking, serpentine, three-point turns, and maybe a few stop signs, depending on the location that you took it. Uh, Back in the 1990s, closer to when you took the test, the Pennsylvania Department of Transportation, PennDOT, took over the testing here in Pennsylvania. So civilian examiners start administering the test, and and, uh, PennDOT, to their uh, uh, wise uh, thought, decided, hey, Maybe it's when we administer a test, we should take students out or uh, people, candidates for their license out on the road and actually interacting with traffic. So that's what we do nowadays. Most of the testing centers for the state are in strip malls and you're actually in a parking lot and they'll do the parallel parking and then take you out on the road for about 10, 15 minutes. And that's the driving test. So things have changed, uh, a way people learn and also a way we administer tests. Uh, As I mentioned earlier, uh, back in 2016, uh, Pennsylvania decided why not have some of the driving schools actually administer the tests because people are waiting a long period of time for their driving tests here in Pennsylvania. And we were part of um, a pilot program for PennDOT, which we were really pleased on doing one of 10 schools uh, throughout the state chosen. And we started administering the tests and became very successful. So uh, PennDOT actually expanded the program. So people don't have to actually go to the DMV to take the driving test. They can go to a driving school and uh, we can prepare them for the test. And more importantly, we can get them in much quicker than the many weeks or months it can take to actually schedule a test with PennDOT. So I'll share
1: a real quick story about the test taking process. I took mine uh, with A local, wasn't through a school, but this was a while back. I moved to Indiana earlier in my career. And the state of Indiana, I actually had to retake the written test. Now, I was 22, 23 at this time. That test was tough. I was only six years removed from formal driving education, we'll call it. I had to study for that thing. That was tough. I passed it, but it was tough. Uh, I don't know why the state of Indiana made me do that. I don't know if they had a reciprocation. I didn't have to take a driving test, just a written test. I found that interesting. Uh, Is that
2: uh, an anomaly, Tim, or is that common? No, uh, most states, when you move, they may have you take the written test over just simply because state law is different. Uh, Mm -hmm. A small portion of the laws may be different in that particular state. Uh, as far as le- learners permit test itself, it depends on the state. Uh, I know California, I believe uh, their permit test is around 100 questions here in Pennsylvania, it's only 18 questions 18. So, yeah. Huh of which you have to get 15 correct. So the permit test here in Pennsylvania is not that difficult, although people, a lot of people don't pass on the first try. That's not unusual. But yeah, it depends on the state uh, where, you, where you move. That usually they'll uh, require you at least to demonstrate some knowledge of the uh, laws in that particular state.
1: Another uh, topic that I want to briefly um, discuss is uh, the impact that autonomous vehicles are having uh, in driver's education and then just, I guess, driving safety. So can you talk about that?
2: Sure. Uh, when I go to conferences uh, for driving schools and driver's ed, uh, that's one of the major topics that they discuss. They'll always have experts come in, and especially us being here located in Pittsburgh with CMU, uh, which is in the forefront of robotic cars. Uh uh, that's uh, one of the things that we discussed quite a bit. Um, there's degrees of autonomization. Uh, you can have a fully autonomous car, which they do have out there, which I think will be mainly beneficial to, to um, companies and industry uh, where they can have their fleets of vehicles autonomous. Uh, but you can have lesser degrees of automation in, in the car, even the new cars that we're getting today that when you can get a new car. Uh, you'll find they have a lot of uh, features on there uh, lane adjustments on on your vehicle so if you start veering off the lane it will automatically adjust your car uh, They even came up with adaptive, uh, high beam headlights now, where as you're driving on on the road, you don't actually have to, and you have your high beams on, you don't have to reduce them to low beams yourself. The car will do that automatically. So there's a lot of uh, computerization and autonomization in cars nowadays. A lot of it dealing with safety, safety features. As a matter of fact, one of the problems with getting it, I don't know if you've attempted to get a new car recently, but there's a supply chain uh, lag in getting new cars. Part of that is because of microchips, uh, because cars use microchips now. And that has been a big problem with the supply chain issues that people are having. But yeah, if your newer cars have a lot more technology. Uh, they're not totally autonomous, but they're on a lower level, level of economy. Uh, you'll have cars that can stop themselves if you're getting too close to a vehicle ahead of you. So there's a lot of those safety features. And one of the things as, as a teachers, we have to prepare our students, how do you interact with not only your car, with the features it may have, but other vehicles out there. Maybe you will come into contact with one of those fully automated cars out there driving. Uh, and they may have a driver in there, but he's not doing anything. Uh, you know, the vehicle's driving itself. And the, one of the things that you got to realize is, that vehicle will be going the speed limit. It will be stopping at stop signs. It will be yielding at yield signs. And a lot of drivers aren't used to that. So uh, how do you interact with that situation? You have vehicles that can, because of technology drive themselves and you still have vehicles where people have to be the main uh, navigator of the vehicle.
1: I I did a a test drive uh, with Tesla a few years ago and that car That car's technology was amazing with the autopilot feature. And I was just amazed. And I'm excited to see where technology takes us. But there's, you know, as as we just talked about, there's going to be some growing pains with that. So, uh, in the grand scheme of things, uh, Tim, how does Rogers uh, Driving School add value to the experience for both parents and the children?
2: I appreciate uh, what we do. Um, we're one of the oldest and largest schools in Western Pennsylvania. We've been doing this since 1969, so this is our 53rd wow. year. Uh, we've literally taught thousands, if not tens of thousands, of students over the year, years, uh, and I'm pleased we get full feedback from our students and customers. Uh, we have a 4.9 rating on Google and uh, other and Facebook uh, with a uh, close to 1,800 reviews. Uh, So it seems like we're doing something pretty well. One of the great things, like I mentioned, which makes us a little bit unique, is that we're not only a driving school, we're also a testing center. So we're kind of like a one-stop shop where students can come to us, take some lessons if they want to, and actually take the test. And as a matter of fact, they don't have to take lessons. We can still administer the test without you actually taking lessons. And that's been a really big uh, positive aspect of what we do. Uh, It takes a lot of the stress off the family and the parents. They know they'll send them to our school. We'll train them properly and uh, we'll help them prepare them for the test. But the true test is once they have the lessons, being a safe and defensive driver out there on the road. And we take a lot of pride in doing that and a lot of effort uh, of trying to make sure our students are, are safe students out there on the road. Well, I I
1: think we've made a pretty compelling case as to why you want to get professional help, uh, reduce stress, get up to the minute, uh, education and preparation for the exam, but also you can save some money on your insurance. There's a three real big reasons. I would think that you'd want to uh, look to, um, hiring Rogers driving school, uh, for your driving education needs. Um, real quick for fun, Tim, could you tell us a story about, uh, a driving experience that that might be of interest to us?
2: Sure. I, uh, one of the fun things, I'm a big football fan. I'm a big Steeler fan here in Pittsburgh. And last night was the first round of the NFL draft. So it was yeah. a uh, up late uh, last night watching. The, that brings to me mind of one of our favorite students that we had here not too long ago. Uh, and this will also bring to knowledge that everyone learns to drive when they're a teenager. Um, One of actually now an ex-Pittsburgh Steeler, Juju Smith-Schuster, when he was drafted back in 2017 by the Pittsburgh Steelers as a second round draft pick, he moved here to Pittsburgh and he did not have a driver's license. Uh, And this came to knowledge for most people because he used to ride to to get to practice on his bike and his bike was stolen. And this being Pittsburgh, that hit the news. uh, What happened to Juju Smith-Schuster's bike? Uh, and it was a fun little story going on in the Pittsburgh. I remember that. You remember that? I do. And then Juju decided it's time for me to learn to drive. And, um, so Juju actually didn't contact us directly. The the NFL contacted us. They said, can you help our our player, um, to, uh, get a license? And we'd actually like to film it. Uh, so. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. We, we helped Juju prepare for the test. They um, filmed not actually the test, but they filmed him practicing for the test because you can't really, uh, we're not allowed to film an actual drive. But it was a, a fun experience for us. And uh, Juju was a, a great student and, and a really nice uh, gentleman. He came here with the, an NFL film crew and uh, got some instruction and actually passed the test on his first try. Uh, That's awesome put it on social media. One of the things we like to do, if the student likes to, we take a picture of them with the training car and that's a keepsake for them. Juju was uh, excited to do that. He put that on social media (laughs) and it went, it went viral. Uh, we were contacted by a golf, uh, newspaper in the UK golf digest contacted us. Wow. uh, Juju Spitz Schuster. It was really a, a, a fun and interesting experience for us. And, uh, it was fun working with um, uh, Juju. But that goes to show you that not everyone learns to drive when they're a teen. He was, I think, around 20, maybe 21 when um, he came here to get his license. Uh, and uh, he was really excited. He actually said in the video, one of the biggest moments of his life was getting that driver's license.
1: That's a big uh, day. I remember yeah. getting mine. I 16. It's like
2: a, it's like a pass to freedom. Right? Yes. It's a yeah. milestone for teenagers. For an adult, it's a life changing. You no longer have to rely on Uber or public transportation or friends to get you places. Now you have a license. It's a sense of freedom. And like you said, you'd be surprised how many people don't get it when they're a teenager. We get people in their 20s, 30s, all the way to up to senior citizens. We get people with licenses who are still. Uh, unsure about themselves out there on the road. They have some anxiety uh, and we need to work with them on things like that.
1: Well, Tim, I I want to thank you for coming on the show today and helping our audience with some tips of the trade on how to approach uh, the driving education experience. And I think that we've outlined some good opportunities to get some value, not only from the education, but the reducing of stress and saving some money on your car insurance premiums. And I'd like to give uh, Tim the opportunity to share some information with his company on how you can contact him uh, to talk to him about his services and how he can help your family uh, reach your uh, driving goals.
2: Sure, I appreciate that. You, uh, we cover most of uh, southwestern Pennsylvania, uh, most most of Allegheny County, Beaver County, and Butler Counties. Um, so you can contact us at our uh, phone number of 412 931 You can also email us, if you like, at uh, Rogers Driving School. Uh, that's rogersdrivingsch at AOL.com. Uh, and we can always get back to you. Uh, but definitely, if you call us, we do get a lot of phone calls. Sometimes you may get a voicemail, just leave a message, and we have customer, helpful customer service reps we will get right back to you.
1: Fantastic. And uh, I also encourage everyone who enjoyed today's episode to follow us on at the GenX Money Advisor. And also, you can check out my website, which is GenXWealthPartners.com for more information about my services. Uh, again, Tim, thank you for coming on. And I appreciate
0: your time here today.
1: Thank you for listening.
0: Thank you for listening to the GenX Money Advisor Podcast. Click the follow button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the hosts and or guests and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Gen X Wealth Partners. This content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional financial advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service providers with any questions you may have regarding Regarding your individual situation. Securities offered through Kestra Investment Services, LLC, Kestra IS, member FNRA S I P C. Investment Advisory Services offered through Kestra Advisory Services, LLC, Kestra AS, an affiliate of Kestra IS. Gen X Wealth Partners is not affiliated with Kestra IS or Kestra AS.